0: This is episode 89.
1: Your heart goes out to all of those people that were directly affected.
0: The Dixie Fire ravaged Plumas County beginning on July 13, 2021. It has burned more than 963,000 acres and burned down much of the town of Greenville.
1: It's clear that this recovery is going to be many, many years.
0: Recovery began before the fire was even contained. Unfortunately, this is a process very familiar to state and federal recovery teams.
1: They're saddened, but yet encouraged that they're getting quite good at the cleanup process.
0: Cleanup begins with removing hazardous debris left behind by the fire and continues past soil samples and release of the property back to the landowner. If owners participate in the Consolidated Debris Removal Program, there is no cost to them.
1: They know when they are finished with this process that all of the steps will have been uh, taken to ensure that the the, uh, cleanup is done properly and safely, at, again, no out-of-pocket expense.
0: But time is of the essence and rain is upon us, which means mitigating potential
1: debris flows maintaining a healthy watershed preventing runoff into creeks and streams and possibly impacting you know drinking water supplies for much of california is also a very important consideration we
0: talk with an expert on the subject jerry sign recovery manager for the dixie and beckworth complex fires right now we are at the disaster recovery operation center here in plumas county and i'm sitting in a very small office with my colleague Alicia de La Garza and a Mr. Jerry Seich who is the recovery manager for the Beckworth complex and Dixie fires. Uh, good morning and thanks for taking a few minutes to sit down with us. I appreciate it. Good morning, glad to be here. Every time we have a fire, a wildfire that tears through a community and we've had way too many of them in the last few years for sure, Here in uh, Quincy, Greenville, this area really was dealt a blow by the recent fires. And as we drove around today, looking uh, at some of the the damage uh, and a lot of it, we see a lot of different things out there that need to be cleared before really people can start rebuilding. The community can get back on its feet. And to begin that process uh, could take a while. Before we get into that daunting task. Explain to the audience what your background is.
1: Yeah, thank you. So I'm the retired director of environmental health for Plymouth County. I served in that role for about 20 years, Uh, have been in Plymouth County living and working uh, for the last 35 years. And I also served as the Office of Emergency Services coordinator for Plymouth County. So I have a unique perspective on the emergency response side, but also on the environmental health side.
0: What do you see when you drive through this area of Plumas County, having been a resident here for such a long period of time? This is your home. What comes to mind? What, what do you? What's your first impressions?
1: Obviously, when you drive through Greenville, just the, the devastation and the... Um, your heart goes out to all of those people that were directly affected. I mean, I, I'm here in Quincy, and fortunately Quincy was spared, um, but I have lots of friends and neighbors that um, were not so lucky. And that's the, that's the first thing that comes to mind. And then when you just drive through miles and miles of um, very high intensity fire, where you know you've had impacts to forest but you've also had more subtle impacts to the landscape, to the soils, um, you know, to the watershed. Uh, It's clear that this recovery is going to be many, many years before Plymouth County returns to any sort of uh, sense of normalcy. So how is it that
0: wildfires, um, you know, those that cause the kind of damage that the Dixie has had here, how does that impact the health of humans and wildlife and the environment?
1: Yeah, I think the the first thing people think about is the immediate impacts, and when you see a wildfire, it's all that smoke, and you know the immediate impacts of all of the toxins and the uh, uh, particulates that are carried in that smoke. But in terms of long-term impacts, the toxic ash and the heavy metals are a very, very important um, consideration. And uh, besides that, we're up. In the upper watershed of the Feather River serving you know the vast uh, majority of the California watershed and and Lake Oroville. So maintaining a healthy watershed preventing runoff into creeks and streams and possibly impacting you know drinking water supplies for much of California is also a very important uh, consideration. How do you how how does one do that? That takes a very large team of a lot of folks working really hard Uh, and I think it starts with the bear report which is the burn area emergency response plan that is now being um, uh, worked on by the Forest Service and uh, federal partners and they'll be looking at those impacts and ways to minimize runoff and erosion because here we are in you know early to middle October, and with any luck, we're going to be in a, uh, a normal rainy season here uh, real soon. So we need to we need to get ahead of those runoff impacts and uh, protect the soils that we can, because all the vegetation that usually does that job is no longer there. Yeah, that's a fact, and that puts
0: burn recovery areas in a very difficult situation. It's a catch 22 on one hand, we need the rain. We need a nice steady season of rain and to help, you know, with our drought situation and the snow pack up in the higher elevations. But on the other hand, it creates more problems. Because of what you just said, we've got the runoff that could, maybe sooner than we're ready to, you know, bring a lot of that toxic material down into the watershed. We don't need that, but we need the rain. So it's a difficult situation to be in. So now we're having to work faster.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, a big part of working faster is encouraging people that have private property that have been impacted, especially with um, structures homes, garages, outbuildings, to get those folks to clean up their property as quickly as possible.
0: And that starts with the ROE, the right of entry.
1: That's correct. We have uh, uh, the right of entry or the what's called the Consolidated Debris Removal Program that's funded and uh, uh, supported by both Cal OES and FEMA that will help property owners that have no insurance or might Um, be underinsured, clean up that property at no out-of-pocket expense. To me, that seems like a no-brainer. But there are
0: still some people who are on the fence about that or have said, I'm not going to do that because they have their own reasons. Sell me. If I'm the homeowner,
1: sell me on why I should do it. I think the primary reason why the ROE uh, works for so many people in Plymouth County is fire insurance is becoming incredibly difficult for folks here. There's a lot of people that um, simply can't afford it or their policies have been canceled and uh, they have no option. So this program will come in and allow that cleanup at, again, no out-of-pocket expense to the homeowner they know when they are finished with this process, that all of the steps will have been uh, taken to ensure that the, pro- the uh, cleanup is done properly and safely. So we will have asbestos removal. We will have erosion control measures in place. We will take this toxic material to a safe location for proper disposal. We will sample the soils to ensure that the cleanup is thorough and it meets all of the health standards. And at the end of that process, The homeowner will be given a certificate of completion, which is their uh, ticket to uh, allowing them to get a building permit and and rebuild on that property. It seems like a no-brainer.
0: I don't understand why someone wouldn't get on board with that if I was in that situation. I would say go for it, you know, handle it for me, get her done, because Again, I may not be able to afford it. I may have some insurance that'll help cover some of it or maybe none of it. So it would only make sense to get some help at no cost to me, amazing. So what is Plumas County then facing right now? Like where are we sitting right now in the recovery process as
1: of uh, Thursday, October 7th? So we have collected over 400 right of entry forms from uh, a variety of homeowners and businesses. Some of those are not quite complete. We have a few that need insurance information so that uh, there's a coordination of benefits. Uh, We might need additional property owners that would need to sign and authorize the cleanups to occur. But we have at least 240, I believe it is, ROEs that are ready to go. And those have already been handed over to the uh, environmental contractors who are out as we speak, doing assessments on property and pre-planning. They're checking the asbestos, taking samples as necessary, and pre-planning the debris removal work, which is scheduled to start in the next couple of weeks. So that's really exciting. Very encouraged by how, how quickly this process has, um, has gone from the, the fire was, you know, as we all know, this fire burned for many, many weeks. And while the fire was still burning on the Eastern front, we were on the West side making all the preparations to get this in place and get things cleaned up as quickly as possible. And
0: what is happening here in Plumas County could happen anywhere in California. So the hoops that Plumas County is having to jump through and the things that the homeowners are going through, the community itself as a, as a whole, is something that would apply to any community in California because this is the same process whether you're up here in Plumas or maybe you're in Orange County or maybe you're, you know, in uh, Humboldt County. This is all the same thing. So any community could expect the same thing to happen as what's happening here in terms of a recovery process.
1: Yes. We, uh, unfortunately, as I've heard a number of Cal OES folks that work on this program say, they're, they're saddened but yet encouraged that they're getting quite good at the cleanup process. Unfortunately, they've had a lot of experience and uh, you can tell from how quickly things are falling into place here, uh, how smooth this whole process is working. Right,
0: so final thoughts before we let you go. I
1: just encourage folks that might think that this type of a disaster couldn't happen to them to realize that this is becoming unfortunately the new norm. And it's up to every individual to take the steps that they can to make their own homes and their own communities as fire-safe and as fire-resilient as possible. Unfortunately, in the last five years, over 60 percent of the Feather River watershed has been impacted by fire. That's a that's a sobering statistic, and uh, we hope, um, but fear maybe the other 40 percent might you know go in the next five years. So. So be prepared and, uh, and, and do all you can for individual and community preparedness.
0: And if you're not sure where to start, folks, there's so much invaluable information out there. Cal OES has a website. And if you go to the notes section of this podcast at uh, news.caloes.ca.gov, we will have links in there for you. So we'll try to make it easy for you to learn more about what you can do to mitigate any kind of damage from a wildfire to help you ensure your readiness. So I want to thank you, Jerry Seid, uh who is a recovery manager here in Plumas County, for, again, taking some really important time to talk with us and help inform our listeners about uh, what's going on here and really what could uh, unfortunately happen in any community in California. Mr. Seid, thank you very much. Thank you, Sean. It was my pleasure. I appreciate it. Again, my thanks to Jerry Syke for taking time to chat with us in between very important meetings and conference calls. Hey, be sure to check out the additional content we have that accompanies this podcast, including photos, valuable links, and a video story. Go to news.caloes.ca.gov and click the podcast tab. And thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to All Hazards wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions or comments, send them to me at media at caloes.ca. Gov. For everyone here at Cal OES and the Office of Public Information, I'm Sean Boyd. Take care and be safe.
1: You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.